You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. How do you make a name as the city's most compelling compact crossover? Well, the Lexus UX started with a refined suspension tuned for the streets, then added a palette of distinctive, vibrant exterior colors, and kept it going with an available 12.3-inch touchscreen using our intuitive Lexus interface. The Lexus UX, engineered to fit in, designed to stand out. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We have a jam-packed episode of West of Broadway with a review of Beautiful, the Carol King musical that Lara saw with my husband, Bill Shepard. And we catch up with Broadway legend Karen Mason backstage on tour with her production of Love Never Dies. And we get our first report from our correspondent, Jennifer Lynn O'Hara. It's curtains up on another episode of West of Broadway, a celebration of musical theater in Los Angeles. I'm radio host, writer, and theater enthusiast, Lara Scott, along with celebrity publicist and theater veteran, Will Armstrong. Welcome. Welcome. I know. We're so excited to be talking about, well, I was going to say our experience, but really it was mine (laughs) and your husband Bill's experience. (laughs) Opening night, a beautiful, the Carol King musical at the Hollywood Pantages Theater. But But, first, before we jump into that, we're going to get into some LA theater buzz. That is right. And from movie to musical, and now to the movie musical, An American in Paris will be coming to movie theaters across the U.S. on Thursday, September 20th and Sunday, September 23rd. Tickets for An American in Paris can be purchased at anamericaninpariscinema.com. I love when they do that. And I've seen them do that with some other Broadway shows. Like, I've seen the previews for it, right. where it's Fathom Events or one of those companies, and it's one night only. Mm-hmm. But you get to see it on the big screen. Exactly. Ooh, that sounds so fun. And I'm so excited for this year's Lithgow Family Panto. It's the wonderful Winter of Oz, featuring... Kermit the Frog is the Wizard of Oz, and Tony Award winner Marissa Jarrett Winokur is Glenda. And we were talking to our friend Peter, and I said, what exactly is a panto? I mean, I I saw the one they did last year, which was great, but he said it's where you have a classic tale where we all know the story, but then it's modern music and current jokes. So fun. And that's playing December 14th through 30th at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium. You can check out thepasadenacivic.com for tickets. I'm so excited that they're doing this because uh, pantos are super traditional um, entertainment in England, and they're bringing it here to the States. And they've been doing it for a number of years now, but it's like, it's so much fun. And I'm, I'm really glad that they're exposing that to a whole new generation. And you know what's funny, Will, is I am such a novice at this. And again, thank God for you for so many reasons. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, the Lithgow family invented a panto. Like, I thought it was something that he came up with. And now it's like been around for hundreds of yeah. years. Well, yeah. And because the Lithgow family, they do mm-hmm. tons of them over in uh, the UK um, as well. And the fact that, you know who that's. Nigel Lithgow. Exactly. Yeah, from. So you think you can American dance Idol. and American Idol yeah. and everything. But yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He and his family know their way around a stage. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of introducing to a new generation, I took my son who just turned eight last year and he loved it because it was like, it was uh, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. So traditional story that we know changed up a little bit, but with like Staying Alive and The Climb by Miley Cyrus is the song. Hilarious. So, well, getting back to more of, is that totally traditional, I would say, but getting back to uh, the Pantages this mm-hmm. week, well, maybe you can uh, get us into this and talk a little bit Absolutely. about Beautiful and what it is. Great. Beautiful, the Carol King musical, tells the inspiring true story of Carol's rise to stardom, from being part of a successful songwriting team to becoming one of the most successful solo acts in pop music history. It's in town at the Pantages Theater, uh, theater through September 30th, and I know we had plans to see it together, but... Sometimes our day jobs get in the way. And I was actually covering an event for one of my clients, so I asked my amazing husband, Bill Shepard, to escort you to Beautiful. And uh, he's here in studio with us to discuss the Welcome show with Bill. you. Yay. Yay. 
Long-time I'm, listener, first-time guest. Yay! Well, you know, I was sad that you couldn't come, Will, but I was so happy to get to hang out with Bill, who I never mm. really get to hang out with solo. Right. And we had a great time, and we actually looked at, because you were across the street at the W, mm-hmm. right across Hollywood Boulevard, and we waved up at the balcony. I looked down several times to see if I could at see At the little people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're up, like, in the penthouses. But, you know, here's the interesting thing, and it, you, full disclosure here, uh, we came out at intermission, and it's inside the Pantages Theater. Just a heads up, everybody, post your social media photos before you go into the auditorium because there's not a great signal in there, those thick walls, That's which we love. That's a good pro tip. Good right? Pro like, do it ahead of time or, you know, wait till intermission when you can kind of come out. So I wasn't getting any text or anything, mm-hmm. not that I'd be reading them during right. the show. Uh, but it came out to a text from my husband that uh, our babysitter had hurt her foot. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up meeting her at urgent care. I had to take off at intermission. I, I know what happens with Carol's life, but I'm extra, extra glad that we have Bill here <laughs> to fill us in on the second half of the show. It was so good. I can't imagine things going right. horribly wrong or anything like that. But, you know, Bill, you're a, a theater fan. Obviously, you're married to Will, who has tons of theater experience. What was your just kind of overall impression of Beautiful? So I, unlike you guys, am not a big Carol King history buff. And so when I got the playbill, I was super tempted to open it up to look at all the acts and see what the songs were. But I held off because I didn't know everything about her history and the songs that she's written and that she's sung and everything. And so I wanted to be surprised. And so for the first act, I kept looking over at you, Lara, and I was like, oh, my God, she wrote that? Oh, my God, she's saying that? Oh, my God, they wrote that? Like, it was, like, yes. literally every single hit of the last four decades yep. was written by Carol King and her remade, husband. you know, that we, and we know all of those songs. Yeah. But I had the same reaction, and we heard everybody around us going, oh, like, when they right. would start. And so I would say... Maybe if you want to be surprised, don't open Playbill until yeah. maybe intermission or maybe even until the whole thing is over uh, because it was really fun to have those revelations yeah. and those, oh, wow. We call them oh, wow moments right. when you hear something like that, like that song. You're like, that was her. That was her. And did you like, Bill, how they it, – it, to me, it felt like a play and it also felt like a concert because they would have these groups – uh, come out and perform the full song, not just a snippet of a lot of them. And it was like you were at a, a concert with um, what the Drifters, you know, right. or some of these like yeah. famous acts from like the '60s. It was really neat. What I really loved about this play that I, I, I thought that they did very uniquely was that they would have these groups. So right, so um, Carol wrote for the Shirelles and mm-hmm. the, and then the um, the Drifters, and you'd have these groups of four. And then they would turn into another band and they'd have another person, the ensemble, be the lead. Yeah. So the lead would rotate and then everybody in the cast on the ensemble kind of got a chance to be the star of that certain song. Yeah. And so, like, everyone had to have such a good voice and had to be so on point. And you got to see all of the talent that's in this amazing cast Yes, as oh well. my gosh, so talented. And, you know, the interesting thing too, Bill, and also Will, since you weren't there for this, <laughs> but uh, they set it up as, okay, so Carol King met her husband, Jerry Goffin, when they were very young. They were at college together, mm-hmm. which and, and they have this whole amazing story of their relationship. But they sort of had this pair of frenemies, Cynthia Weil and Barry Mann. And mm-hmm. it makes it even better to know this was real. Like, this actually happened. And Don Kirshner, Donnie, the, the record guy, kind of pitted them against each other. Like, who's going to have 
the song that's going to go to this group. Who's going to who's going to do the best? And so they were friends, but they were also competing to see who could write the better song. And just seeing them go back and forth. Did you see on the Instagram on, on the Instagram on the Pantages Instagram bill that Barry Mann, the real Barry Mann, was there? He was. They had a picture of him on the red carpet. On so he was there watching his life being portrayed oh, on the funny. stage. That which must I be was cool. so surreal. I know. I know. And uh, I, w- I wish we could talk to him and get his thoughts. But I just, I'm with you. I thought it was a spectacularly talented cast, having to sing a wide variety of songs. Mm-hmm. And Will, your friend Gabby, mm-hmm. Gabrielle, mm-hmm. was in the, the Broadway production. What role did she play? She was in the ensemble. So she mm-hmm. did. She was one of the Shirelles. And she did. Yeah. So it, uh, she played a bunch of different roles in it. She's incredibly talented. And I would have loved to have seen her in that. You have to ask her about the magical costumes. They're probably not going to say how they did it, but do you remember that scene, Bill, where they sort of walk, they were just sort of in like business clothes and they walk through an archway and suddenly they're in like glamour girl dresses like that. It was like yeah. in Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella, if you've seen how they do the gowns. Sure. Well, and it's a lot, I, I I guarantee it's a lot of Velcro and little secret snaps that just like drop. <laughs> like cutaway pants. <laughs> exactly. Like that. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing pants. what they can do. It's, 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 but yeah, it's so much fun. The magic of theater. Yeah, it is. Uh, what was your favorite song, Bill? Can you think of it? Oh boy, um, there are so many really good songs, but um, I think um, just call out my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running. Boop boop boop. I had no idea she sang. Uh, she sang that song either, yeah, even though that's James her. Taylor, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. James Taylor wasn't mentioned in this, I don't think. Mm-mm. Weren't they friends? Neither was Aretha Franklin. Yeah. And that's that's the only song that I knew that Carole King wrote and sang was because Aretha Franklin's um, funeral was so recent. Mm. And I was watching YouTube clips, and she sang it for Carole King when Carole King was at, I think, the Kennedy, Kennedy Center, Center Honors. Honors with President Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was kind of like... I'm glad I didn't li- read the whole playbill because that was the song I was waiting to hear and waiting to hear and waiting to hear. And I didn't want to go through the whole play just like waiting to hear my favorite song. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> takes you out of the experience. It does. It yeah. does. But like um, all I mean, like so many, so many good songs. But I have to say that was the one that like I've. I felt the most connected to the way that they told the story and the way that the plot unfolded. Yeah. Because a lot of the songs, in the especially in the first act, was like, "Oh no, we have this problem. Hit it!" And <laughs> just go into a song. <laughs> they did that about three or four times in a row, just to like get all the hits out, well, um, which yeah. is really fun. So I have a question: How was our friend Sarah Buckle? <gasps> Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I had on my notes I was saving okay. Sarah to talk about that because, uh, Bill, since you are a listener to the show, thank mm-hmm. you very much. You know, we interviewed Sarah when they were in Denver. I mean, this part of the tour, mm-hmm. this, I think it's the second time around, just started, I think, the week before right. they were here. So, I mean, we're seeing fresh. They haven't been out on the road for a year, you know, with this current group. Flawless, first of all. She came out and it opens with, I think, Carol doing a concert like at Carnegie Hall. In, she's in New York City uh, in the 70s and she's playing so far away. And it's 70s Carol with like the long curls and like mm-hmm. the caftan and everything. Yeah. And then it flashes back to when she was a teenager. And the way she spoke sounded nothing like how she was when we talked to her on the phone. It wasn't just because she was on the phone. I mean, she became Carol King, the way she would stand, the hair, the costumes, the posture. She was... She was just absolutely captivating. The only thing that took me out of it, and Bill, maybe you can tell me, because we were close, but not close enough that I can confirm this. Was she pretending to play piano? 
It yeah. was everybody pretending because I kept looking <laughs> yeah. at everyone's hands going, are they she pretending? Was. And I was like, oh, I wish they were really playing piano. Like, I feel like that would have brought something to it. Like yeah. with Waitress when they had the band on stage, even though the characters weren't playing, right. I kind of would have liked to have seen musicians on stage for this. That's I, the only thing. I'm sure it's tough enough to try and sing like Carol King, right. but also to find an actress to, <laughs> to play also piano. play piano. Like that's a yeah. that's a pretty tough casting gig. Yeah, well, they did anyone. a good job lip syncing. The I guess only thing I will air, say air is that like. I think the giveaway was she had a key. She had like a keyboard at one point, and you know that boom sound that mm-hmm. when you hit the key, it goes boom like that, mm-hmm. and it sounds a little hollow. Like her mic was picking up the key sound the when plunk. she was the plunk that she was playing, so you know nothing, no sound was coming out, and then yeah. the orchestra was was coming out underneath them. But yeah, um, she did she did pretty good. I really liked the way that um, Sarah. You know, she starts out as a, as a little girl, 16 or 17 in Brooklyn, and then she goes, it's like through her life, and like her presence, her voice, the way she acts, um, you can see her maturing yes. through this two hours from 16, and she's a completely different person, like, you know, portraying a, a different traits and different, you could just feel like she's had a life experience within those two hours. She did a phenomenal job of like playing yes. that rage of ages. Very similar to Gloria Estefan's arc. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, uh get on your on your feet. Yeah, yeah. Starting out as a teenager exactly. and then becoming this mature woman and a wife and a mom and a superstar and an icon. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great point, Bill. Is that just you know trying to remember how to speak at this age and then how to stand at this age and you know what you're doing at this point, what your relationship is to your husband at this point. Yeah, that's that's a lot to keep track of. And you know this is one certainly it's not as uh, colorful or well parts of it are very colorful. Like again when they're singing and doing some of those songs, but I. I like that they didn't try to cram everything from her life. And again, that might be why, uh, sadly, Aretha and James Taylor didn't make mm-hmm. it into this. But they they just stayed very focused, I think, on her journey from this point in time to this point in time and just let it sort of play out. And I, I like that. It wasn't hard to follow. Again, for someone, I love you call it Carol King history buffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fans of Carol King's history. Uh, you know, you could just walk in there and, and just enjoy it and not have to have a lot of prior knowledge, I yeah, think. Yeah, def- I mean, like, like someone like me that doesn't know a lot about Carol King's history or story or something like that, you can go in there and it's just a really good story. Mm-hmm. You really connect with the characters. They have, you know, struggles that you can relate to and, and obstacles and, and you really root for the characters and, and you don't have to know a whole bunch of backstory in order to love it and experience and have a good time at the theater. Yeah. I love it. I wish you could have seen it well. But, hey, it's at the Pantages through September 30th. Let us know if you go see it. And then, moving on to Orange County, it'll be at Sagerstrom Center for the Arts October 9th through 14th. And the websites for both of those venues are hollywoodpantages.com and then scfta.org. Sagerstrom Center for the Arts, scfta.org. You're listening to West of Broadway with Will Armstrong and Lara Scott. Well, speaking of the Pantages, back in the spring, I got to see the Phantom of the Opera sequel, Love Never Dies. So romantic and beautiful, and they've changed it up a lot. I think that, you know, this is one that's been around for a while. Never on Broadway. I hope it will be at some point, um, but I saw the the tour of this right. and totally loved Madame Giry, played mm-hmm. by Karen Mason, who's this incredible Broadway veteran. She's had and continues to have just the most wonderful career with roles in Wonderland, Hairspray, Mamma Mia, and Sunset Boulevard, where she was Norma Desmond. She also has a lot of solo CDs, including her latest, It's About time and it's funny well because she came into my radio station when she was in town and was we uh were kind of on hiatus with our podcast right. was on with my friend larry on the snark monkey which i i recommend checking <laughs> out that episode uh because we were talking about how you know madame jerry is this really 
bitter character. Like she sacrificed everything for the Phantom to try and promote herself and her daughter. And then when Christine Daae comes back into the picture, like things don't go well. I was like, where do you find all that rage and anger? And she said, well, I went to Catholic school. Wow, so, yeah. yeah, we we bonded over that. So <laughs> let's welcome actor, singer, and sensation Karen Mason to West of Broadway. Welcome, Karen. Karen, hi! Yay! <laughs> we are so happy to talk to you. And if you have to run to go back out on stage, let us know. Do we have like five minutes or so? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I got on until a little bit into the the second act. I actually just sang my big note, so I'm free. Oh, wow. at the end, that part that gave me yeah. chills. I was like, oh, oh. Ten, oh, my gosh, I love you so much. Thank you. So this is cool. So uh, we're recording right now, and you are calling from intermission. Love Never Dies is in North Carolina right now, right? Yes, we are, actually. We're in the middle of the hurricane. I know. How, oh, my goodness. Yes. Is everybody okay. safe? Everybody what, good? What's Everybody's the wet? situation? Yeah, it's, uh, as we're recording this today, it's September 16th. We've been seeing all the coverage of Florence, and, and you guys are okay, and, and people are there at the theater? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. We're in Charlotte, so we're okay. in the path. We didn't get the total impact of the hurricane but there's a lot of rain and and wind and it's amazing we don't have you know full houses but the people that are here are just loving it and really amazing and um you know good grief they are warriors to come through this you know the wind is amazing and and a lot of rain so we're very happy here at the belk theater and um you know wish everybody could have come to see it but the ones who are here are fantastic, and uh, so it's been a lot of fun. You know, Kara, it's always a treat to go to the theater and just step away from real life, and especially with the show like Love Never Dies, which is so just all-encompassing, all-engrossing, but especially with everything that people have been through and, and the lead-up to this, and now it's here, and then, you know, here comes the aftermath. Right. So, you know, what a what a wonderful thing that you guys are just on it and, and giving them this this couple of hours to forget about all of that. Absolutely. You know, I when I was doing Mamma Mia!, we opened right after 9-11, and I'll never forget how impactful it was. We thought, oh, it's you know kind of trivial to be doing a show after something so traumatic and devastating, and yet it's exactly what you said. It's, it's a, a, a few hours of getting away from what's outside those doors, and um, it's, I feel very proud to be able to share that with people. Miss Mason, this is Will Armstrong. Um, we haven't met in person, but I'm a huge fan. And I actually was in, Thanks, the, I was, <laughs> I was in the audience during Mamma Mia um, right, after, right at that time. And it was such a wonderful escape and so necessary for the community to have Broadway to turn to and, 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 and help us escape. Right. I know. It, it, we really thought, oh, no one's going to show up and it's just going to be, you know, our family and a few friends who can make it in. And it was amazing to have that energy. At the end of the show, it was all of that angst and and fear and, and you know, just worry. People just released it. When we started the mega mix, mm-hmm. you know, that last part where with the, um, the bows, when they go into Dancing Queen again and Waterloo and all those great hits. The, <laughs> they, see, they're calling five minutes for uh, 
second act. It's so exciting. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like we're there with you. It's like we're backstage, but not. But, it, you know, to feel that energy of that release for everybody mm. was the most amazing experience I've ever had in the theater. Really. Judy Kay actually turned to me and said, this must be what it's like to be a rock star. Because I've never felt that, that oh, it's just overwhelming you could feel the the energy coming at you. It was amazing. It really was wonderful. Um, yeah. So you're on tour right now, and you're um, you're uh, pleasing audiences nationwide, just going around. Do you get an opportunity to do any of your cabaret songs? Like, do you ever like on on nights off or benefits or anything like that? Or well, yeah. I mean, we we have done a couple of concerts with um, the cast. Mm-hmm of uh, Love Never Dies in a couple of different cities for Broadway Cares, Equity, Fights, Aid. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And they are always a lot of fun. I, I, You know, to be able to get up and sing something that's not 10 long years. <laughs> it's really... I don't you know, know. It's really lovely to sing an up tempo, everyone. If I if I was at a bar or at a, at a cabaret and Karen Mason walked up to the microphone I, in like the middle of like anywhere in America outside of New York, I don't know what I would do. I would be so... So I would well, film it and you. put it on Instagram and then tag <laughs> at Karen Mason Diva. But Karen, we seriously. I'm actually going to Chicago. Ooh. I have I do have a couple of concert like uh, cabaret things coming up. One in I I opened a bar in Chicago, a cabaret in Chicago called Davenport's, and awesome. it's their 20th anniversary. So I'm going to go back. It's actually my layoff from. Love Never Dies in November, the 7th, 8th, 10th, and 11th, and it's their 20th anniversary, so I'm going to go back and sing a few tunes there in Chicago um, and do that, and then at the end of December, I'll be out in California at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, which is outside of San Francisco, I think. Fantastic. Yes, it's up in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Come down here, please, and keep us posted because we would love to oh, come out and, and cheer you on and, and see you perform. I was telling Will how great your CD is, yes. and maybe we talk oh, about that quickly. You. It's about time, and uh, everything's coming up. Roses, The Man That Got Away, Over the Rainbow. It's just these beautiful <laughs> songs. And then the title track was an original song. You wrote? Did you write it with your hubby who produced the CD? Oh, I didn't write it. I have Absolutely no writing skills whatsoever. <laughs> you sung it like you wrote it, though, like you felt it. But yeah, that, that was a beautiful song. Thank you. It was written by a Californian and my husband, uh, Shelley Markham, who lives in the Los Angeles area. And my husband wrote it uh, when marriage equality passed in New York State. And I got asked to sing at a couple friends' wedding. And um, I said, this is a perfect opportunity to write a song. And he did. And I I'm so proud of him, and it's a beautiful, and him and Shelly, it's a beautiful song, and listen, I would love to be hired to sing it at every wedding I possibly could. <laughs> hey, Will's a publicist, yeah, so I, yeah, you're talking to the right person happen. here. <laughs> yeah. No, perfect! <laughs> also, uh, Karen, maybe at a wedding you could show off your line dancing skills that you uh, learned when you guys were in Texas. Uh, <laughs> that was so fun. That was, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys! I will do anything for an Instagram. Oh. Me too. We are cut from the same cloth. Yes, <laughs> it was 100%. so cute. Well, because I I was commenting on her photo. It was a video, and you were in your costume, right? And Phantom was in his mask in a cowboy hat. And were you guys doing the two step or? Yeah, it was amazing. It was kind of like the yes, the love never dies version of the two step. Yes, amazing. The boot scoot boogie, one of my favorites. Well, well, it's so funny because. Uh, performing in New York and uh, you have your show 
but you also have your life because you have your home, you have your family and everything. But when you're on tour, your tour cast is your family. So these incredible, like you bond so much tighter and closer and the, the experiences you have are just so magical. It's, it's like nothing else. Uh, be doing a tour with an amazing cast of talented, beautiful, lovely, fun, exciting people, you know, and now thanks to Instagram. Pretty remarkable group of people. Yeah. I, this is my first long tour, so I didn't really, I'd heard all the stories and, you know, felt prepared, but um, I, I'm actually very, very, very lucky that this group of people, the, um, the synergy between this company, amongst this company, is, is really remarkable. Uh, there's a lot of love and care and integrity about the show, which um, I, I'm really happy to see, you know, that, that people, even though we've been doing it a year and something now, people still love going out and doing the show with each other. And that's, that's pretty great. It really is a family. That's so wonderful because you guys still have a little ways to go. So we're glad to hear that everybody's getting yeah, we along. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan, we'll Iowa. We'll fall apart a little bit before the <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, Karen, it has been such a pleasure talking to you and KarenMason.com oh. online. Karen Mason Diva on Thanks, Instagram. Sir. Oh, my gosh. And we look forward to seeing you hopefully out here in, well, for sure up in the Bay Area in a couple of months, but hopefully here in L.A. too. Yes. Thank you. I hope so, too. And thank you for always being so sweet to me. I really appreciate uh, it. We adore you. We're going to send you out Yay. with applause back on the stage, Yay, Madam Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Karen. All right. Take care. Bye. Oh, I love Bye. her so much. I, isn't she the sweetest? Wow. So sweet. Ex- kind of exactly what I pictured. Yeah. Ex- like, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, because there's not uh, clones of us, Will, mm-hmm. and speaking of going to see many shows and many new shows and many smaller shows, we have brought in our very first West of Broadway ensemble member, our correspondent, yes. Jennifer Lynn O'Hara. She is an actress. She has done theater. She's done TV. She does it all. She's a gardener. And she's gone to check out a couple of shows. Welcome, JJ. Hey, JJ. Hello. All right, so we are so excited to hear about Side by Side by Sondheim at the Odyssey Theater in L.A. and then Dream Girls at the Cupcake Theater in North Hollywood, which yes. Will mentioned a yeah. couple episodes ago, uh, talking about how it was going to be there, that the owner had won Cupcake Wars. Or, yeah. Yeah, and then opened up this theater. So, JJ, how are you, first of all? <laughs> I am <laughs> Fantastic. How are you both? Wonderful. So excited to talk to you. Well, where would you like to start? We're going to kind of turn this over to you and uh, let you share your thoughts on each of these. Let's start with Side by Side by Sondheim. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that was the the first one I saw. It's uh, at the Odyssey Theater, which is a great venue. They've actually got three stages at the Odyssey Theater, which I had no idea. They have a a great parking lot. Parking is actually really easy. Um, Yay. Yay for parking. Which is which is a, a nice switch for L.A., right? Oh, wait, it's by the 405, um, right? I think I've driven yeah. by there. Oh, I know exactly. You're right. That is a good location. Yeah, it's just off the 405, so it's really easy to get to, yeah. Cool. And this so, is, it's a review-style show, right? It is a review-style show, and obviously, by the name, it's all about Sondheim. And it really goes through, uh, it actually went up through 1976. So, so that's when the show the review kind of stops, but it really highlights all of his shows and his music that he did before 1976. And you hear songs and uh, from musicals that you've never heard before because the musicals only ran for, you know, nine performances or just a couple of weeks or something. You see show, uh, songs that were in shows but then were cut after it went through its test period before they launched on Broadway. And then you also hear songs that you don't remember that that were written by Sondheim. For example, 
I completely, as long as I've been in musical theater, I never remember that Sondheim wrote the lyrics for West Side Story and for Gypsy. Yep. Isn't that amazing? Which, it's amazing. You don't, when you think of West Side Story and you think of Gypsy, you don't necessarily think of Sondheim. But yeah. those are Sondheim words. But and, and isn't it interesting, JJ, like you were saying, here's Stephen Sondheim doing the music for West Side Story and Gypsy, but he also had shows that closed after nine performances. So I hope that gives right. hope to people that maybe have gone through something with the show that, that wasn't that successful. Right. You know, and I, I was reading an article after seeing the show because, of course, it sparked, it re-sparked my interest in Sondheim. And it, he was talking about West Side Story and actually how he wrote West Side Story when he was very young. And he actually looks back on it with embarrassment. What? Why? Yes, because his later, you know, his later songs are so complicated. And his lyrics are so just, um, you know, interesting and intricate and clever. And, and he looks back on, on West Side Story and he's like, well, it's very simple and, you know, it's kind of cheesy. And, but that's Sondheim for you when you look at West Side Story and you call it simple and cheesy, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but like, like the, the song Cool from West Side Story, I think is so Sondheim. Like the words that he uses and the, and the way that that song is written, I think it has Sondheim written all over it. Yeah, it, and there's there's little glimpses when you when you think of it in that way, you go, oh, there's Sondheim. Exactly. And then you and you G- kind of see and early Gypsy, Sondheim showing through. Absolutely. And in Gypsy, uh, Bernadette Peters w- was in the original production of Gypsy, and that's when she first started working with Sondheim, and that's how their relationship began. Ah, oh, there's so much cool. history. I love Bernadette <laughs> Peters. Oh, is she great? And, and then of course her her famous iconic role is the witch in Into the Woods, which oh man. Or Dot in um, Sunday in the Park with George. Or yes. like I mean we could go or, on like everything. Or everything. Or I, I know her. it wasn't Sondheim but Annie. Yeah. Remember the oh. movie? That was my introduction to Bernadette <laughs> Peters was seeing Annie. And I thought she was amazing and I loved her hair. But you're right. Then I went Regis, back yeah. and I listened to her in all of the, I saw her on a, a Sondheim special singing all of those. Oh, she's so she's good. Incredible. She's so amazing. Well, what were some of the songs that were in this one that, that people can look forward to seeing? They went through and they did a couple from each of the shows. So they did A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. They did Company. They did a lot from Company. They did um, um, uh, Anyone Can Whistle. Of course, West Side Story and Gypsy Log we talked about. They did a bunch from Follies. Well, nice. um, yeah, which, oh my goodness, I, I love Follies. And they were just some, you know, from the 7% solution. I mean, there were these songs, there were these shows that you don't, Evening Primrose. Have you seen Evening Primrose? I have not. No. No, I know, right? Because <laughs> it's one of those ones that just never actually happened. But, but now you can go see Side by Side by Sondheim. How was the cast? Yeah. The cast that was fantastic, there were four people in the cast, and talk about uh, an exercise in comparison between Side by Side by Sondheim and Dreamgirls, which we'll talk about later. There were only four people in the cast. Um, Three of them, all of them were singers, but one of them was the narrator, so he did mostly narration and talking about the history of Sondheim and the history of the songs, and then also included some current information, not just pre-1976 information, but some... As as a, uh, a, a Broadway history buff, I, I appreciate that. Like I think that that's what um, the world goes round might have been missing. Is, Ooh, that would have been nice, just yeah. kind of setting up each one and just more appreciation of uh, the, the the story behind each one of the songs. I yeah, mean, that's exactly. Well, you hit it on the on the head because that's exactly what he did. He really set up the songs and then made you look at them in a new way, and you appreciated them all the more. And you appreciated the songs and the shows, but also the genius of Sondheim. So, mm-hmm. and and also just the humanity of Sondheim, because he he had failures just like the rest of us did. He also had a lot of of um, uh, the same types of challenges with the entertainment industry that all of us 
face. Sure. But So there were four people in the cast, one narrator and then three uh, actor-singers. All of them were fantastic voices. Um, the, the two ladies were exceptional dancers, and there was one who just cracked. Her name was Rachel McLaughlin, and she played Woman One. Uh, and she had some of she had a fantastic voice, but she also had the really funny songs, and she was absolutely hysterical. She just really, really lit up the stage with her humor as well as her talent. It was fantastic. I want to go see this. Mm-hmm. Based on, I mean, I love Sondheim, but based on that, JJ, thank you. So, uh, do you have the info on how long it's uh, it's running? And, and you know what? It's it, it closed already. It just it's closed. Just, on, uh, just closed. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I think today it actually is its closing day. So oh, September sixteenth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I caught both of these shows towards the end of their runs. But oh. the other shows that I'll see, I'll see at the beginning of their runs. Uh, but you know what? It's great to give props to the actors, you know, and certainly the individual shows. Because a lot of them come around again, you know, in one way, shape, yeah. or form. So that's great. Okay, and, so side by side by side. And I did talk to uh, a lot of the audience members for both of these productions. And they are our regular audience members. And both sets of audience members said that they've never seen a bad show at these theaters. Oh, great. So which speaks to other productions that will be launched at both of these theaters um, that they, chances are they're going to be really good productions. Awesome. Well, let's uh, move on to Dreamgirls at the Cupcake yeah. Theater in North Hollywood in NoHo. Yes. I, uh, the Dreamgirls, I'd never seen this before, uh, <sighs> and it was brand new. I was a newbie, but, man, it was fantastic. It was really? almost three hours. Wow. But it did not feel like almost three hours. It was just powerhouse after powerhouse after powerhouse song it was super high energy there was always something to look at on the stage and it's a relatively small theater um this is the cupcake theater in north hollywood so to launch a show like dream girls on this relatively small stage was quite an undertaking and i wasn't sure how they were going to do it but they did it And just to give you an idea of what kind of show this is, in this particular show, they had 450 costumes. What? (laughs) 450 costumes. Where did they put them in this tiny theater? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) A trailer out in the back that they're hanging the costumes in. That's incredible. So it was really like full full on, right? It was full on. Mm -hmm. They had 69 wigs. Every time these girls came out on stage, they had different hair, and it was all fabulous. It was amazing. It was just the music was they had a they had a little um, little combo that was up in kind of the the little rafters to the left of the theater. So they had a live band that played with them, and they were just the show. The these voices were Broadway caliber voices. In fact, there's one. um, uh, He played Curtis Taylor. His his name was Apollo. Levine or Levine, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I, I am positive I'm going to see him playing Washington and Hamilton fairly soon because he's Ooh. just amazing. Well, that's but, what's so nice about Los Angeles is there's so much talent that comes here for so many different reasons, yeah. and to have these like these. Small theaters like these little gems all I was over. Say a little gem, yeah. yeah. And 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 they they can attract just the best of the best. It, it's just incredible. Yeah, and when the the director did the curtain speech before the show, he actually talked about some of the people that would be replacing um, the regular players in the show because they are now appearing on Broadway. Wow! One of them is playing Nala in Lion King. One of them, you know, they're just so there are Broadway voices. Um, Shantae, who played uh, Dina, was just out of this world. She had a range that, and 
and acting skills that went from shy and retiring because the Dina character is you know the one that starts out as the as the, the background singer and then exactly um, yeah and it's like and, the Diana Ross role exactly oh thank you for putting it that way yeah and <laughs> she she went from from shy and and you didn't necessarily notice her at first to just taking over the stage with her voice and her her character she was it was brilliant um, the girl playing Effie was Dominique Kent and she was wow all of them every single one well i've been on of, the, i've been on the website several times and the show keeps getting extended and i was like this must be pretty good at keys, and so it and it's open until September thirtieth or something like that. Like, and yeah, the, I believe it, they just extended it. That's just incredible. But now, maybe into was, October. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe longer than that if everybody goes to see it, right? That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, JJ, thank you so much. We're definitely going to keep an eye on what's happening at both of those theaters. Great venues, great talent, and well worth a night out. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, JJ. So glad you had fun. Thank you for that awesome report, and we will talk to you again soon. Okay, JJ. Jennifer thank you, JJ. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, Lara, I guess what, um, we've reached the end of our episode. I'm so grateful to Karen Mason for reaching out, my incredible husband, Bill Shepard, hey, for pinch hitting for me. And singing. Yeah, and singing. And, and, and Jennifer Lynn O'Hara with her first report, like I, our ensemble member of West of Broadway. I mean, it's just very exciting. And, it's you fun. know, we can see Bill actually online because there's always cute photos of him. Well, because I'm yeah. obsessed with Instagram, right. you can follow me uh, at Will Armstrong PR. And if you want pictures of me, my husband, and our dogs, <laughs> and occasional <laughs> musical theater, theater. <laughs> check it out at Will Armstrong PR. I'm at Radio Lara. That's Radio L A R A on Twitter and Instagram. And we just want to say thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. And if you're looking for us, you can find us just west of Broadway. That was awesome. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.